You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. said we are in a series or we're starting off a series called when game uh, families games play and and we did this series several years ago but we decided hey well we can do this again and we're going to hit some of the games more current games or some different games that we didn't cover before and and over the next several weeks we're going to kind of be pulling out some principles that we can learn from these games and as Monica mentioned the game that we're going to talk about today is that game called words with friends I believe it was developed in 2009. In 2017, it was ranked as the most popular mobile game in the United States. If you've never played it, kind of picture Scrabble uh, without the board. You, you can literally play about 30 different people all at the same time. I, I have to admit, though, I'm not very good at this game because... Well, I don't have the spiritual gift of spelling very well, and, and, and so you need to be able to spell. But, but like I said, my wife and oldest son, they just love this game, and they play back and forth and play other people, and, and, and they enjoy it. And, and it made me just think about the power of words, that this game is all about words. And, and, and so I wanted to ask you a question today. How many words do you think that we speak a day? Any guesses? 5,000? 5, Someone said too many? Any other guesses? An average of 16,000 words a day. That, that would fill up about a 60-page book each day. All of the words that you speak. Now, some of you, you probably go way over that 16,000. You, you know who you are. Some of you probably speak a little bit underneath that. Uh, on average... The average person speaks 525,600,000 words in their lifetime. That's an amazing amount of words. And those words can make a huge difference in people's life. They can also hurt a lot of people. I, I want us to kind of just think about some of the different ways that we use words. We definitely talk, we text, we tweet, we email, we write, we sing, we read, we update our Facebook and other social media things. Part of relationships are built with words. And this service has been filled with words. Words are everywhere. Finish this sentence for me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... It sounds like an empowering statement, but is it really true? No, it's not. Because most of you in this room, you can remember words that have been said to you that have hurt, that have left wounds, that have left scars in your life. Proverbs 18 says this, 1821 out of the New Living Translation. It says, the tongue can bring what? Death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And then I love the message. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words have the power to kill. 
to hurt, to wound, to destroy. We see early on in the book of Genesis, Satan loves to use words to hurt and to wound, to accuse, to shame, to discourage us. It says in Genesis 3, verses 1 to 5, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? He's using words to try to trick her. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the tree, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, we, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent said. He, he bow-faced lot. You won't die. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Satan you, loves to use words to trick us, to tempt us, to shame us. And we know what happened from here. We know that, that Adam and Eve fell for this trick and it changed the world. Words have power. But Satan's not the only ones that uses words in a negative sense. We too speak words out of anger. We too complain. We say harsh and resentful and negative and judgmental words. Words that cut like a sword. You've probably experienced those in your lifetime. Words are powerful. This week on social media, I, I talked about one of the negative ways that we use words, and that's in gossip. Webster's defines gossip as easy, fluent, trivial talk. It's talking about people behind their backs. It's repeating information about another person's private affairs. Chances are if you have to look around to see if that person's around and you're talking about them, chances are it's gossip. The thing is, we may like gossip and we might like being in the know, but most of us in this room, we don't want to be gossiped about, do we? Because gossip hurts. Gossip hurts. I, I, I've seen gossip time and time again cause conflict. It's caused conflict in families. It's caused conflict in friends. It's not good. For, it's hard on the workplace. It's hard on churches. It causes conflict. Proverbs 26.20 says, fire, go, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip what? Stops. And, and so we want to be a church. We want to be people, believers of God that says, you know what, it's a, it's a gossip-free zone around us. If someone comes up and talks to you and says, hey, hey did you hear about so-and-so? Like, well, does so-and-so want you to talk about this? Let's bring so-and-so over here. Let's be aware of it. Say, you know what, I don't want to be involved in this. This is a gossip-free zone around me. Pray that God just makes you aware that when gossip is around you, like, God, make me aware of it, help me walk away, or help me to... To speak up. Gossip hurts. But gossip isn't the only words that hurt. Words said and honestly hurt and are cowardly. Some of you, you've experienced. You've gotten the anonymous letter. You've got the anonymous text or the email or, or a phone call. 
And, and something that I've always noticed about things that come anonymous, they always, be, they always tend to be words that kill and hurt and destroy. No one sends you an anonymous letter and says, oh, you're wonderful, you're great, you're beautiful. No, most people, they, they send something, and it's something negative, it's something hurtful. And from time to time, even in the church, we get things. I know it's hard to imagine, right? We, we, we might get a letter or a phone call or something. And, and, and this is what we tend to do. We, we, if it's a letter, we get it, we glance over it, and then we, then we file it right into the shredder, and we say, you know what, I, we don't have time for this. Because if that person isn't mature enough to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with us, we got too many other things to worry about. We, we want people to come to know Jesus Christ. There are people that are dying that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And I don't have time to mess with words, people who are trying to speak uh, negative, critical words that kill in our lives. Some of you, you, you've experienced it. You've had someone call you up and criticize you. And you don't even know who they are. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for internet trolls, people who troll us and find things on our website or on our sermons and like, hey, this and this and this. And we're willing to have mature conversations. But if people just want to use words to try to uh, kill us and hurt us, we're not going there. We just don't have time. The kingdom of God is too important. There's words of gossip. There's anonymous words. And those hurt. But what about the people who say words that hurt and kill right to your face? Family members, friends, co-workers. My friend Aaron Brockett, he's a minister in Indiana. He asked this question on social media. What are some words that stay with you? Words that, that just won't go away. And, and some of these are those words that you just saw up just a second ago. And, and some of those are ones that I've added in talking with staff. Words such as, you're ugly, you're fat, I don't love you, I, I don't like you, no one likes you, we don't want your kind around here, those, those racially insensitive comments, I, I'm disappointed or ashamed of you, I don't want to be with you, I want a divorce, you're not my friend anymore. I wish you were more like your brother or sister. Ooh, didn't that one hurt? You were a mistake. We never meant to have you. Some of you have heard that. You're not invited. I wish you were dead. No one would notice. Ouch. You're not a Christian. Normally it's because... You're not doing something that they want you to do, especially giving them money or doing something along those lines. Th those words hurt. I, I read this quote this week that's coming up on screen. It says, the tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart. Isn't that true? Well, we've seen words hurt and kill and destroy. They, they, they've just caused so many wounds in people over and over in my life and in your life and, and Proverbs challenges us to be aware of the words that come out of our mouth and, and on one hand we know that words hurt and they and they they kill but here's the thing we have to realize once you say something you, you can't take it back you can ask for forgiveness but once those words come out you can't put them back in, right? 
I mean, our words have consequences. We can ask for forgiveness, and we can say, hey, I'm sorry, and I didn't mean it, and, and all of those things. But those words leave wounds, and they leave scars. And it's tough. Proverbs also, though, tells us that words don't only kill, but they also give life. They also give life. You, you look in the beginning in Genesis, when God created the world, he said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night. And, 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 and I just was kind of thinking about this. God could have created the world any way that he wanted to. He could have written it down, and it could have just happened. He could have got his little toolbox out and, and said, oh, let me create this way. Or he could have got like a, a little drawing board and just started writing and drawing and, and made it come to life. But instead, he spoke. He said, let there be light. Let there be creation. And then he kept on saying, it is good. It is good. And he brings light to the darkness. God's words bring life. Our words can bring life. I, I love John, John chapter 11. It's up on screen there. Jesus is good friend. Lazarus has passed away. It, it, it's been four days, and, and, and in the King James, I mean, it's so bad. It, it says it stinketh. I mean, you don't want to open up that tomb. And, and, and Mary Magdalene, she, uh, her family, they, they moved the rock. And, and then Jesus uses words to bring life. He says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. His face was wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. His words literally brought life. He said, well, Ronnie, I'm not Jesus. I can't do that. But our words literally bring life to people. Just think about the power that our words have. Our, our words can inspire. They can encourage. They, they can bring life to people. I, I, I think about the words that a coach said to me or a school teacher. I, I think about some of the words that have been said from you over the years. The encouraging notes, the, the encouraging prayers. Someone just taking the time to, to pour their life into me. And, and as many times as we hear negative words, I, I've also heard so many words that give life. Some words, words of life that are powerful, are uplifting, tender, kind, positive, compassionate, encouraging, and blessing. Wouldn't it be great to turn on the TV and to hear words like that versus all the mudslinging that we often hear and all the words that kill? Wouldn't it be nice to hear words that are seasoned with kindness, that are compassionate, that are encouraging? Colossians 4, verses 5 to 6 says, Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. Bring out the best. What if our words brought out the best in others? What if our conversations were filled with words that heal? What if we use words such as, I love you, I believe in you, you can do this, I think you're handsome or pretty, I'm here for you, you're not alone, good job, I'm proud of you. Those words also stick with us. They're powerful. 
And those are words as a church that we want to speak life into people. I, I was reminded that Matthew chapter 12, that Jesus was dealing with some Pharisees, some religious leaders. And, and they were speaking words that they kill. And he had healed a demon-possessed man, and, and, and they didn't like it. Jesus was, was uh, upsetting the apple cart, their power structure. And, and they said, wow, Jesus, you must have been doing this because you're Satan. And th those words sting. And I notice you're going to see this verse come up on screen. Notice how Jesus responds. He says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. For whatever is in your what determines what you say. I could easily go and tell you, hey, speak words that give life. Don't speak words that kill. And you would try and you would try and you would try. But if you never address the heart, you're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again. Some of you in this room, you know who you are. God knows who you are. You've been speaking lots of words that kill and hurt. And God's right now knocking on your heart saying that's you and you got some heart surgery to do here's something that i found most people who speak words that kill are dealing with bitterness and they've been hurt themselves and they've never gotten forgiveness they've never taken their heart hurt and their pain and their scars over to god and let god cleanse them from that and so because they've been hurt, then they go around and they use their tongue just like a sword and they just cut people up and they use all of these different words. But if we continue in, in Matthew chapter 12, it says, I tell you, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. I don't know about you, but that's pretty convicting. For some of you, 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 you're really great about not speaking words that kill. You speak words of life because you've been reading God's word and you've been filling up your heart with God's word. And men, you've been coming and you're involved with a life group or a Sunday school class and you've been worshiping and you've been doing your devotional time and you've been praying and you've been listening to positive influences. And, and, and you're around people that don't gossip and, and use words in a negative fashion. And you're like, man, I just want to speak words of life. And I want to encourage you to keep on doing the same thing. Because words make a difference. I, I was thinking this week, what if this box right here, what if this box right here had all of your words for your lifetime? 525,600,000, just on average. Let's just say this is all of your words. Would the majority of them be words that kill or give life. That's something that I want you to think about today. That's something that I want you to think about this week. We want to be a church that speaks words that give life, that give life to our children, that gives life to our spouse, that gives life to our co-workers, all those around. We have Jesus Christ. We can plant seeds in people's lives that we can give hope. We can give encouragement. We can show compassion and love even when it's hard to do. And so that's the challenge. Father, convict us when we speak words that kill. 
and inspire us to speak words that give life. Lord, we want to be people who walk by faith, that speak like you, that have your heart. And Lord, if we need a heart transplant this morning, then I pray that you would convict us, help us to forgive, help us to get our hearts right. Lord, we know that our hearts reflect, or our mouths reflect what's going on in our heart. And we want to have a heart that's sold out for you. In precious holy name, amen.